BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Omarenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down to Twisted Tuesday has begun. we got a full house here this evening. Andrew McKinnis will bat leadoff. Steve Merrill will step up. And then we got Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs. Talk Major League uh, Baseball this evening. Little college uh, football countdown to NFL is on. Countdown to college uh, football is on. There's a lot of countdowns. We've got NBA Summer League action going on right now as we speak with the Clippers and the Lakers. It's 46-39 right now for the Los Angeles Clippers. We're on the Lakers plus the points uh, in this game. We gave you the uh, the Pacers earlier tonight in the uh, NBA Summer League. And in fact, we gave you the Pacers to win uh, the NBA Summer League at 10-1. And I stand by it. Uh, they stepped up tonight. A lot of people like the the Detroit Pistons to win this tournament. And uh, tonight, you look at the uh, the results. The Pacers stepped up and uh, throttled them. Throttled them. So we got a lot of news from the NBA Summer League uh, to break down. Updates and all this uh, in between. Uh, Major League Baseball, the Baltimore Orioles have won nine games in a row. That's right. They've won nine games in a row for the first time since 1999. Like, this is getting real right now for the Baltimore Orioles. And, you know, are they going to be able to keep this pace up? No. Uh, Are they going to make the playoffs? Probably not. But it's amazing, isn't it? We talked about these guys the other night, and um, it went from, like, 30 to 1 to 20 to 1 to, like, 10 to 1. Like, it's just uh, the the number is plummeting. Seemingly like our uh, YouTube uh, and video feed plummeting uh, this evening. We've got big problems on the video end here, if you'll notice, uh, Matthias. <laughs> like, um, we just lost the rendezvous. Rendezvous has been lost, and uh, YouTube has never started. So uh, if you can uh, get this uh, all sorted out. Um, we are kicking it on the radio, though, and the people in uh, the, uh, the the chat the chat room will have to wait. We'll get it sorted out in the next couple of moments. But uh, it's a little chaotic to start this show, I got to say, uh, to be honest. And I saw it before it started. <laughs> I was like, you know, I said number one, the video should be up already. Um, number two, it's never started, and now we've just been uh, knocked off. So we'll get to the bottom of this in the next uh, couple of moments. 
Uh, we're tracking the NBA Summer League uh, tonight and Major League Baseball as well. Crazy stuff in baseball. In fact, like like I said, the Baltimore Orioles, this is a crazy-ass story here with the Orioles um, now winning nine games in a row for the first time since 1999. Like I said, they hadn't had an eight-game win streak since like 2015 or something like that. So now they got this nine-game win streak, and, you know, we, we were on them tonight. We were, we were on them tonight. But unfortunately, another team that we were on tonight were the New York Yankees, and normally you don't say that about the, uh, the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees lost for the first time. I want to get this right. It was 49-0. and the, the, the Yankees were essentially 49-0 and when leading going into the ninth inning. They gave up like three. Uh, they, they, they gave up four runs in the ninth inning. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Breaking it down to Twisted Tuesday has begun, and all hell is broken loose. Don't look now, but the Baltimore Orioles have won nine games in a row for the first time in, like, uh, 23 years. Like, uh, the Baltimore Orioles are actually um, a 500 baseball team uh, right now. It was craziness tonight on the diamond. Um, so, uh, after finishing tied for the worst record last season, the Orioles have won nine straight games. They're the fourth team since 1900 to win nine consecutive games after finishing with the worst record. So, it's only happened four times before. And uh, it happened um, in 1902, 1993, and 2001. That's what the Baltimore Orioles are doing right now as they win again this evening. The New York Yankees. These guys were up 3 nothing entering the ninth inning tonight. They ended up losing 4-3 to the Cincinnati Reds. They were 49-0. 49-0 when leading, entering the ninth inning this season. The only uh, remaining team yet to lose this season when leading, entering the ninth inning are the New York Mets. But the Mets lost anyways uh, tonight. But wow. And one of the, you know, listen, we had the New York Yankees at a parlay tonight with the Toronto Blue Jays. And it is what it is. What are you going to do? <laughs> like, like, it is, it is, it was, and it's going to be. It's just one of those deals. And I've told people, man, I'm telling you, and I've said it before, I've been around a long time. People that don't get this, like, I don't know if it goes over their heads or something, but weird things going to happen, man. All right, weird things going to happen going into the All-Star break. Weird things going to happen coming out of the All-Star break. And you can just feel it in the air uh, right now. So the Baltimore Orioles are playing themselves into a wild card uh, race right now down the stretch. And who would have thought at this time of the year people would be asking, uh, should the Baltimore Orioles uh, be buyers? Um, you know, really? Should the Baltimore Orioles be buyers? So uh, Chicago White Sox, they totally the Russa uh, intentionally walked somebody again on an 0-1 count. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's just doing it right now just to sort of for the sake of doing it. I think Tony La Russa basically knows, yeah, I'm not going to be back next year. So let me see how many times I can confuse and just upset and piss people off uh, but, you know, uh, b- before it's all over with. <laughs> it actually worked out. It actually worked out for him, but yeah, whatever. All right, we got some late-night summer league action. We're tracking it. Clippers, Lakers. Suns, Mavericks. One of the games is close. The other one's a blowout. Full house. Jay Jaffe, Fangrass. McKinnis from Wager Talk. Steve Merrill steps up and in. This is Sports Rage. Vent your rage. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Rance. It's the Twisted Tuesday. Sirius XM, Channel 159, I'm on your 1090 ESPN Radio. What's up, San Diego? What's up, uh, SoCal? Shout out to Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio Networks, and everybody else in between. Uh, a lot of stuff to unpack, a lot of baseball talk tonight. Jay Jaffe, one of our favorite guests uh, from Fangraph, smart guy. Jay Jaffe will step up and then we'll talk baseball with Jay. We've got Andrew McCannis kicking with us. We've got Steve Merrill. We'll get into some CFL point spreads. Uh, we'll talk a little college uh, football. A lot of stuff uh, to get to tonight. Uh, Major League Baseball. I got to tell you, man. What a thing! Things are getting crazy out there right now. Is the, the Baltimore Orioles got a nine-game win streak? Um, the Yankees lost for the first time this year. That's hard to believe, actually, that they'd never lost when they were leading going into the ninth inning. 49-0, and except I believe it because I had them in a parlay with the Toronto Blue Jays, who were desperate for a win tonight, and they did get that win uh, this evening. We talked about the Orioles in their nine-game win streak, first time since 1999. Um a lot of baseball stuff. Uh, we'll get you caught up to date with the numbers, all the final scores. A lot of rainouts uh, tonight, and games were delayed and took forever. And uh, you know, going going on to the late night hours uh, right now. Uh, San Francisco is absolutely drilling uh, Arizona. The Los Angeles Dodgers were in St. Louis uh, tonight. Uh, they spotted the cards a big lead. They nearly came back dramatically. They end up losing uh, seven six. Uh, the Rockies beat San Diego tonight, uh, 5-3. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they don't pick up a game. The Dodgers don't lose uh, a game this evening. And one of the other hottest teams in baseball were postponed tonight, the Seattle Mariners. So we'll get into the All-Star talk, who should start the All-Star game and all that other stuff. Let's bring in Andrew McKinnis uh, right now. We can't escape hockey. You know, last week it was the NHL draft. And uh, now it's NHL free agency. It's, it's, I look up and it's like, oh, Johnny Goudreau is leaving Calgary. Malkin became a free agent. But uh, for the record, for you Penguin fans, Malcolm is re-signed uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's bring in Andrew McKinnis right now from Wager Talk. What's going on, McKinnis? How you doing tonight? 
What's up, Gabe? Doing very well. Uh, again, you know, it's uh, July is supposed to be a slow month. You know, I don't think so. Uh, lots of stuff going on. AL East is unbelievably close right now. Uh, of course, besides the Yankees baseball, NHL, there's always something to talk about with that between the draft and trades and free agency. So uh, it's a great time, and I'm looking forward to a lot more trades and, and free agency signings coming up here. But uh, I'd love to come on here and laugh with you about the Leafs goaltending situation. I'd love to come on and talk with you about all kinds of different things going on with the draft. Uh, uh, but what a draft that was, Gabe, the NHL draft. You and I spent time talking about that together last week, and uh, certainly some shakeup happened. Uh, you remember last week I talked to you about how I laid juice on that number three overall pick. I'll tell you, Gabe, I did not think I was going to cash that pick still with what ended up happening in the first two picks there, but uh, happy to have cashed that uh, with Cooley going uh, third overall. Yeah, I think you've learned your lesson. Don't lay a lot of juice with these draft props uh, move, moving forward, even though you dodged dodged the bullet. I think we've all learned a lesson. Listen, I've been I've been one of the best bettors, like you know, in the business when it comes to drafts over the years. Yet the NBA draft threw me for a loop uh, this year with the Bancaro stuff at the last moment. And um, the NFL draft, we did we did okay. In the NFL draft, we did good. We we made money. Uh, but for the past couple of years, and not just couple of years, like you know, what I mean, just historically, I've absolutely drilled the drafts before. But I'm going to be honest with you, McKinnis. There's never been as many props on an NHL draft before. So this is the most I ever bet. I got man, I was getting killed. Fortunately, I escaped late. Things started off as a disaster for me because I stuck to my guns, even though I got to, you know, I'll admit, I knew I was screwed, like, going into the draft by the end of it. You know, and, you know about half an hour before, I was like, yeah, it's too late. They pulled they pulled it. I was like, Slikovsky's going to end up being the number one pick. And what did me in is, because I bet Shane Wright to be the number one pick, but I also took Slikovsky to be the second pick, which is that that was not a smart thing to do. Because, like, one decision and I lost two bets. You know what I mean? Right. So, suddenly, I was 0-2 to start the night. Then I had the uh, the Eurocheck dude under five and a half. He went sixth. So, I started out 0-3. And, and I was in not full panic, but I was in full rage mode. And then I got lucky with... Um, with Matt Savoy, I had over uh, eight and a half for Matt Savoy. He went ninth. So then I was one and three. And then I closed strong with Korczynski, Korczynski who went, uh, and he went, what, seventh, I think, uh, actually. He went, he went higher than the 11 and a half. I thought he would. So I ended up going two and three when it was all said and done. But moving forward now for our next draft, man, I'm just going to take the second and third guy at the big odds, like as soon as the odds come out, because these things always seem to shake up, McKinnis. You can't go wrong. You know what I mean? Just if you're going to get someone at a massive. No, we talked about it. Shane Wright was like minus 1250, bro, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago type of deal. Yeah, and it certainly slid. Uh, you know, you look at these drafts and you look at NFL, NBA, and NHL. You talked about how they can kind of be different and how they can be the same. I want to ask you because you've been betting these drafts a lot longer than me. And, and you know, I enjoy betting on the NFL draft. I wasn't too involved with the NBA stuff. Uh, and I haven't really for, for many years. But do you find, Gabe, that with the NFL... You, know, you see these big movements. Once that information is kind of out, okay, this team's probably going to go with this guy. It doesn't change as much. It seems to me with the NHL, these teams make you know they they make drastic changes the day of the draft. This they could have, they could call a player in for an interview, and if he seems like he's too cocky and they don't like his personality, boom, they're they're going with somebody else. Seems like with the NFL, they stick to their guy though. Is that accurate or or no? Or no? Well, you know, drafts are strange because you're not picking, you're not betting on what you think 
or who you think the best player is, right? You're trying to predict and think what this team is going to do. Yet, quite frankly, teams make mistakes all the time, man, right? And quite frankly, I think the Canadians made a mistake. You know, they, they made the pick. It is what it is, well, but I think it was the wrong pick. Personally, so can't I predict Kirby Doc get it, getting traded. Because that would, if I would have known Kirby Doc was getting traded, well, then trades, the center is bad anymore, right? Trades, yeah. Sucks. Trades are a draft enemy. That's actually one thing. That's the biggest thing that can throw. Uh, it happened a couple of years ago in the NBA, man. There was like one simple trade, man, in the top five, and everything went to hell. Everybody got pushed back one, so to speak, right? And, you know, this, this was kind of a weird deal, but I don't know. The NHL draft, I guess, they, you know, they, they, look, drafts are tough for sports books. Because there's no computer algorithm or anything like that. They really are at the mercy. They really are at the mercy of of the media. And I have to give, look, Bob McKenzie. When Bob McKenzie made him number one, we probably should have listened more. You know what I mean? Like the fact that, you know what I mean? Like, And McKenzie even said, I'm not saying he's going to get drafted number one. I'm just saying he's my number one prospect. That should have spelt it out uh, a little bit. Uh, I should have known down deep inside that the Canadians would go for the flash. Um, they'd go for the uh, the sizzle instead of the steak uh, with, with Shane Wright. But, hey, time will tell whether the, 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 the right pick was made. But uh, lesson learned for me in the National Hockey League uh, in these drafts. And like I said, in the NBA, guys. And it was the same thing in the NFL. Right? It was the same thing in the NFL. Trayvon Walker at one point was like plus 1,200 and plus 1,400 to be the top pick. There were four different guys that were the number one pick. So basically, the moral of the story is you got to jump in right away when these draft markets open and just start pulling the trigger on the second and third guys type thing. More on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I want to talk about Albert Pujols and a home run derby. Well, he hit another home run today. Albert Pujols has now hit 20 home runs against 17 different teams. 
That passes Ken Griffey Jr. for most franchises with 20 home runs in Major League Baseball history. All right, late night summer league action going on for the D-Gens. It's 57-53 uh, for the Clippers uh, right now. We're actually on the Lakers plus the points in this game. We're getting an even five points uh, in, the, in this spot. And to me, you look at these NBA Summer League games, and I said this earlier tonight on Game Time Decisions, that if, if you can make an argument or if there's, you know, unless there's a really, really big reason not to take the underdog, I think you're better off just blindly betting the underdog. I'm talking about in these games when you're getting points and stuff. Like like tonight, like, look, we gave, we like the Pacers. We told you. We, we got the Pacers to win the NBA Summer League. So we took them tonight against the Pistons. That game was, you know, it was like minus one type thing. But I'm talking about when you're getting points. A good example is uh, tonight the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors were laying uh, six and a half points to the Boston Celtics, right? And oh, you know, oh, look at Kaminga, and look what Kaminga's doing, and look what how Wiseman played, and all this. And who does Boston have on their team? Well, Boston won 103 to 92. They won the game outright. Pacers won 101 87. There's another trend going on that uh, these games are pretty high scoring in the NBA Summer League. The Clippers in the Laker game is kind of lower scoring right now at 57-55. But, man, there were a lot of track meets tonight in Vegas. A lot of track meets. All right, Andrew McKinnis uh, with us. Sorry, McKinnis, I wanted to get into the CFL. We've got uh, point spreads out. Uh, we've got the game starting on Thursday. But you said you wanted to laugh at the Leafs goaltending uh, situation. Um, as uh, they've, they've acquired Matt Murray, which is kind of a puzzling move. We've discussed in the past John Gibson. Um, you look at the uh, the Colorado Avalanche. They made the move, uh, bringing in uh, Georgiev from the from the New York Rangers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs bring in Matt Murray. Doesn't exactly um, doesn't exactly set the world on fire, does it, McKinnis? I don't think so. And I think that all you're hearing from every single analyst, media member, talk show host is they're just talking about the salary cap. The fact of the matter is, the salary cap is what it is. It's there. It's not going away. And it's not going to get raised by a whole lot of money every single year. So this is the reality. And what I'm really confused about is I understand that a player like Jack Campbell wanted a longer term. But Cam Talbot just signed for, for close to the same. I mean, they could have gotten Cam Talbot. Matt Murray is a guy that they're banking on playoff experience, and they're trying to convince their fans and their team and their organization that the guy has two rings. So that is what, you know, what they can really base that decision off of, the experience he has. This guy has been injured. He's been actually down in the minors for conditioning stints. He's been in the, in the, in the Senators organization, um, you know, being very inconsistent. To me, I just, you know, I wasn't a goaltender, Gabe, but for some reason, I just, I guess I defend the goaltenders, especially a guy like Jack Campbell, when his team is so top heavy, you've got some of the best goal scorers in the league that most of them don't back check and every single thing goes on him. I don't hear a thing about the defenseman. I don't hear a thing about Justin Hall. I don't hear anybody say anything about Morgan Riley making mistakes, Jake Muzzin. It always has to be the goaltenders that get the blame from the Maple Leafs. And sure, Jake, Jack Campbell had a few softies in the playoffs. But are we going to take a look at a guy in Matt Murray? Last three seasons, 83 starts, .899 save percentage, a record of 35, 36, and 8. Is that what the Maple Leafs want? Is that the answer for Kyle Dubas? I don't really think it is. And, you know, now that obviously makes it very clear that Jack Campbell 
is out the door. It looks like he's looking around the the, the, uh, the around five and five uh, with the Edmonton Oilers is what I'm hearing and what I've saw seen on Twitter and online. So five years times five million with the Oilers. And I'll tell you what, that's an improvement for the Oilers between the pipes, and I don't think it is for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I can't disagree with that. I think it would be a massive upgrade. Now, if I was the Toronto Maple Leafs and I talked about this last week, I would, I would have, you know, I would have looked at John Gibson uh, and the Ducks. Like, if I'm going to get serious about this, and I also do agree, I don't think they lost against the Tampa Bay Lightning because of Jack Campbell. Um, they didn't lose because of Jack Campbell. But at the same point in time, I understand them not wanting to pay uh, Campbell big money. I would, you know, and I'm not a big Matt Murray fan either, to be honest with you. I would have just went with Darcy Kemper at this point. You get Darcy Kemper, at least the guy's actually played in big games. You can say, listen, he just want to stand the cup. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean, if we're so good, we just got a guy the Avalanche just won with. Um, I would have looked at Darcy Kemper uh, instead of Matt Murray. I'm, I'm underwhelmed by this. I don't know if they have other moves uh, coming or if they legitimately want to make Matt Murray their goalie. Um, and if they do, yeah, like then, then I, I don't get it, to be honest with you. Like I said, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see how this plays out. He's never lost a game seven. <laughs> that That's one thing about Matt Murray. He's never lost a game seven. But really, I mean, this is the thing about people with accolades, right? He has two rings on his hand. How much is that a part of his resume? How much of a factor is that, you know, helping him get signed here to play for the Maple Leafs? Because that team was unbelievably stacked for the Pittsburgh Penguins he played on. I just can't believe. So they've got uh, the Shalgren, their goalies now are Shalgren and uh, and Matt Murray, which yeah. I, uh, and listen, Matt Murray makes about five million dollars a year as well. Uh, it's not. It's not. A, he's not a goalie that I would put all my faith in for a team that hasn't won the Stanley Cup since 1967. Uh, I'll tell you that. The big story is Johnny Goudreau. Uh, has informed the Calgary Flames that that he's leaving, and I listen. I understand it's a big loss for them because he's such a big part of their team. But at the same point in time, he didn't play very well, bro. Um, you know, he didn't play very well against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you know, he disappeared when when it counted the most, in my opinion. So, but I'm not saying that you know what I mean. It's good for the Flames to get to lose him. Everybody thinks he's going to be siding. Um, Siding with the Devils. Are you buying into this that he's going to sign with the Devils, the Islanders, or basically someone in that area right now, in the New York, New Jersey area? Buying into that? Yeah, I've heard Devils or Philly. That's what I've heard. I, I've heard you know it's a strict family decision. Nothing against the Flames. Nothing against his his belief of they can they can go far. A family decision. But yeah, Gabe, you hit it right on the head. I mean, I don't think that. I don't buy into the Goodrow hype. You know what? Because so what, you're gonna go, you're gonna, you're gonna go to a worse team because of your family. Like really? Yeah. Like it's well, just, to me, yeah. there's a, there's a difference between a regular season player and and a playoff player, right? Right now, I'm hearing a lot of people say that even though people can say that you know Kadri Nazem Kadri is a unicorn player, but now he's gonna get overpaid. But you know what? What he brings to a game is different than what certain other players. I'd rather Kadri on my team than Goudreau. Yeah, and he makes less money. Do Do you remember the play that the Edmonton Oilers won the series in the Battle of Alberta? It was Johnny Goudreau going up against Leon Draisaitl against the boards, and instead of laying a physical check, not a, not a, you know not a crushing body check, any type of contact. He decided to cheat, go up towards the point. Obviously, his guess was wrong, and Drysaddle has space. They pass the puck and score. 
that's not a guy I want out there in dire minutes in the playoffs. And I'm not saying every player has to be physical, obviously, but even the smaller guys out there, I mean, look at Brad Marchand. People can hate him all they want, but even when he's not goal scoring out there and creating, he's someone that people hate to play against. And you, we can't all be Brad Marchands, but Johnny Gaudreau is not a guy I want if my team's in the playoffs. Andrew McKinnis uh, kicking it was the Los Angeles Lakers have taken a 61-59 lead right now, under a minute left in the third quarter in you. Vegas. Did you jump I in? You. Yeah, I jumped in. I always do on the show with you. Uh, nice. What did you get? Because I got five points with the Lakers. I know. I heard you say that. I got plus three and a half. All right, plus two. You know, I'm, I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling. Oh, here's a big three for the Clippers. Let's hope he misses, and he hit it. Ugh. 62, 60, 62, uh, 61. As I stated earlier, McKinnis, when it comes to the NBA Summer League, if if I'm getting five points, if I'm getting six and a half points, if you're getting you know if you're getting a, a, a significant amount of points. In what is it a game in which really nobody really knows what's going to happen? In I think you make a case for the argument. You know, you, you make a case for the underdog, right? You can make an argument for the underdog here. Um, unless you know, like I said, like I'm not saying you bet the you, you bet blindly every underdog. We like the Pacers tonight. They were like minus one and a half. Uh, but in a spot like this, you know, the Celtics tonight were getting six and a half against the Warriors. They win the game outright. Lakers are getting five here. Here we are at 62-61. They're on the free throw line. They have a puncher's chance of winning this game outright uh, as well. Um, so as far as NHL game unders, Gabe in game unders, are you betting those? That's what I've been doing with summer league. Just watching these guys, just possession after possession, first two quarters, second half, they actually start playing some defense. I've been betting the in game unders. Yeah, I can't argue with it. Actually, we've seen it. We have seen it. Well, listen, they're, they're, tonight was a pretty high-scoring game, uh, day and games in, in the summer league. But I brought that up too. That um, a lot of times there's a serious track meet in the first half, and it'll sort of settle down a little bit. Tonight, though, we've had some really high-scoring games. Um, in Vegas. So we're having some really high scoring games in the WNBA right now. I think we're leaving that on the table um, with, with the Las Vegas Aces. If you guys know it, it's basically every night now you look at the Las Vegas Aces and they're setting a new record for points. The New York Liberty are putting massive points up right now. Um, I think we're leaving some of these totals and team totals on the table. we got to start cashing in with these uh, these WNBA picks. I want to get into uh, week six. Hard to believe it's already week six of the CFL, but yeah, NHL free agency set to hit Johnny Gujo, Nazem Kadri, Claude Giroux, Darcy Kemper, Malkin has re-signed, Evander Kane, who played great hockey in the playoffs, is available. Late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners, and I know the winners. So call me now. Whoa! $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. Line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my MA mm-hmm. versus Sin. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati. Not. Cincinnati. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? I'm late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morancy on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Andrew McKinnis kicking it with us uh, right now. Countdown to kickoff uh, is on. And I don't even have to look it up anymore. Uh, so uh, what are we now? We are uh, 23 days, uh, technically 22. Um, t- technically uh, 22 if we're into Wednesday right now in the overnight or whatever. But three weeks, three Thursdays from now, the NFL preseason starts. We're now 45 days from college football kickoff. And uh, we're now, what, uh, 58 days uh, from the National Football League regular season uh, kickoff. So football is rapidly approaching. We were talking about this a little bit with Kurtz last night about people are going to start playing fantasy football for real right now. Like, look, it's you know it's less than two months away. The regular season, uh, the preseason is three uh, weeks away uh, right now. But we've got CFL football uh, this week. And uh, we've got a game on ESPN2 on Thursday night, 7.30. Eastern time. The Edmonton Elks are in Montreal on Thursday night. Friday night ESPN Plus, the game of the week. Calgary at Winnipeg. Um, this game, that's going to be a great game. 8.30 uh, Eastern time. Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock uh, Eastern. Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Toronto Argonauts, ESPN Plus. And then uh, Saturday night, uh, you got the Ottawa Red Blacks at the Hamilton Tiger Cats, also on ESPN Plus. Um, I find it strange they put the Edmonton-Montreal game on ESPN, too, because the Calgary-Winnipeg uh, game is definitely the game of the week. So, pretty crazy, McKinnis, that, uh, man, it's all, you know, time flies when people are like, oh, I can't wait for college football and the NFL and all this stuff. Oh, it's going to be here. Feels like it was just yesterday that the CFL uh, kicked off. So, Thursday night football, FanDuel right now has the Montreal Alouettes as eight-point favorites. They fired their coach, Kahari Jones, uh, Danny Machocha takes over on the sidelines for the Alouettes. They're laying eight points. The total is 48 and a half. What do you think about Thursday night football game? Yeah, Montreal just keeps finding themselves in these Thursday night football games. Uh, Look, this is the way I look at it with both these teams. They're both dealing with problems, whether it's coaching staff, whether it's quarterback issues. 
you know, uh, offensive linemen, whatever it might be, there's issues with both teams. And here's the thing, Gabe, I've kind of been comparing Edmonton to Ottawa of last year, but the difference between these two teams, those two teams is the fact that the odds makers caught up almost too quick with the fact that Edmonton wasn't going to be very good last year. It took them a very long time for them to realize Ottawa was going to get smoked every game. Why do I bring that up? Because last week they gave the Elks some respect and that respect got thrown back into their face this week. Again, they said, all right, you know what, uh, what, what were we doing last week? These guys aren't very good. Now the number gets bumped up plus eight. To me, I think that number is just is too big. Uh, if there, we're getting eight points uh, against a Montreal team that just fired their coach. They've got new guys calling plays. They've got new defensive guys. I mean, they still have a quarterback issue figuring out who the number one guy is. They're really sloppy with the ball, and their defense you know, can have their moments, but sometimes they also, you know, will allow over 30 points. To me, I'm, I'm getting eight points here with an Edmonton team. The only thing that worries me, obviously, uh, you've got Cornelius now taking over. It'll be his first start of the season, but he actually looked pretty good last game, and I think they can hang around. This is one of those games where I get that feeling that when you make a bet, you want to be able to say the team you're betting on could win the game. And, you know, it could happen, but I think that Edmonton hangs around here on a Thursday night. I also think this game goes under the total. I think we're going to see some, you know, unless there's a crazy amount of turnovers, I think both teams are going to be very conservative, play it safe and just try and maintain possession and just get some comfortability out there, you know, which could, should hopefully make for some longer possessions, longer drives, but getting eight points here, give me the Elks to get it done. All right. McKenna says he's going to take the points here. I do not agree. I do not agree. Uh, but I've got time to figure out exactly how I'm going to approach this game. I do think the Alouettes, one thing we should note, though, guys, um, for, for betters and trend players out there, there's been 13 games now between the East and the West. And the um, the West is 12-1 and one straight up. All right, So the West is 12-1 and one straight up. And uh, they're now 9-4 and four against the spread. The one win was the Montreal Alouettes on a Thursday night at home against Saskatchewan. So they're sort of in a similar situation here now. Um, and I think they're going to win this game. I do believe Montreal is going to win the game. But then you get into they're going to cover the point spread. And I think they will. You raise good points. I get it. They have a new play caller. They have a new head coach. But the play caller is Anthony Covillo, longtime quarterback uh, there. The new coach is Danny Machocha, who is actually the president of the team. So he knows the personnel. He's also a former head coach and a former Great Cup champion uh, as well. So he's a champion coach, which Kahari Jones wasn't, right? So you got a championship coach. You've got a you know, multiple Great Cup uh, champion as, the, as the, the the play caller now. I get it. There could be some kinks, but I don't think there's much of an adjustment as there is normally. And even change the defensive uh, on, the, on the defensive corner too. I get it. Uh, but with that being said, I think the Owls are going to roll personally. I think they're going to win the game. I think they're going to win the game. Um, I get, though, not wanting to lay eight points with them. But uh, McKenna says uh, the Elks are his play. I'll give him my pick tomorrow night on the game. Calgary and Winnipeg. This is going to be a fun football game. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 
in hindsight, shouldn't have been four-point underdogs against the BC Lions. BC have been heavily hyped this year. I get it. They were playing at home. Winnipeg were in a bad spot, bro. They really were. Winnipeg were in a bad spot. They were playing on a short week. They played on Monday on the East Coast. They were pretty beat up. They were missing a lot of players. They were turning opening kick for a touchdown, and there was really no turning back after that. They're, they're a damn good football team, the Bombers. And I can't, you know, in hindsight, it was like, whoa, they were underdogs. But you could argue that they're kind of, they should be bigger favorites than they are right now at three and a half. Yet the Calgary Stampeders are 4 0. So basically, guys, the two only undefeated teams left in the league right now the 5 0 Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the 4 uh, 0 Calgary Stampeders. Who do you like, McKinnis? I lean towards the Winnipeg side in this one, but I like the over more in this contest here. You know, Calgary, they've proven they can put up points. They put up at least 30 points in every single one of the games they've played so far. You know, but Gabe, you just mentioned a few moments ago, the East versus West record, right? The straight up or against the spread. The Stamps have played a Tiger Cats team. You know, they only won by three in overtime. They had to come back down. I think it was like 24 or six or something like that. You know, then they played... The Elks twice, that's pretty much the worst team in the league, and then the Alouettes. So, you know, to me, they're not as good as they've perceived to be so far, but offensively they might be. But defensively, I don't trust them. Yeah, great. You shut down an Elks team. You allowed six points. Good for you. Do it against Winnipeg. I dare you. You know, 46 and a half points is what we're getting here. And I think this is going to be an absolute, uh, you know, touchdown fest here. I, you know, and I talked this, about this with you a couple weeks ago about Winnipeg's defense. Their, their run defense is awesome, but I still don't trust their secondary that much. And I know it was kind of prevent defense. It was BC. They were down a decent amount, but we still saw them throwing the ball on Winnipeg last week. And I, I think that against teams that can throw the ball, they'll get exposed in the secondary a little bit. So I think Winnipeg wins the game, but I think we get up and over this total Gabe, Can you talk me off this over? No, I think it's too light as well at, uh, at 45 and a half. And I think that Winnipeg's defense is so good. They, they give the team field position. Um, you look at Winnipeg's offense. Yeah, they've lost a lot of skill position players from last year, uh, but they're still moving the ball. And Zach Caleros has started to dial it up. They're getting better right now as the season goes on. You know, they didn't really play great in the first few weeks, even though they were winning games. And they would, they would tell you the same thing. So, no, I don't disagree with you. I think it's more than a fair number here at 45 and a half I think it's a little light uh, actually so we got an early game in Toronto on Saturday strange start time two o'clock eastern time here and said now they're kind of uh well where is this what touch neutral Atlantic my, my neck of the woods uh, they're neutral yeah so a neutral field actually yeah yeah so it's it's a Argos <laughs> technically a home game but so where is this where is this game it's in. Uh, it's at Acadia University. It's in uh, the Valley of uh, Wow, Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Wow, how many? How many? How many? Um, how many uh, seats are in the stadium? The answer to the question that I think you're about to ask is not a lot. Like five thousand, <laughs> seven thousand, like type thing. Uh, I think seven thousand. I don't quote me on that. I think it's somewhere between. It'd be a and, nice atmosphere. Uh, it's cool. They're going. They should do this more, actually. So I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't realize it was this week. So really, this this is this week. This game, huh? Yeah, it was supposed to be at uh, Husky Stadium in St. Mary's and in, in right in downtown Halifax. Uh, they had a new stadium kind of being built with a lot of new stands, new field, and that kind of stuff. And 
they were worried it wouldn't be built on time, but it turns out it actually was. So people were kind of complaining, wishing it was in downtown Halifax. But uh, yeah, it, it should be interesting. Let's be honest here, Gabe. I don't know as much for this year, but I feel like there should be just around the same amount of fans there usually are in Argos game. <laughs> well, maybe more. Um, <laughs> maybe more. So they don't have, I don't know, it's there technically there. You know what I mean? People should pull for them. They're the ones that are giving up the home game for this, right? Like, <laughs> so this, this is the no, CFL. Everyone's cheering for Saskatchewan because uh, Brett Lather, the uh, field goal kicker for Saskatchewan, is from Truro. And uh, oh, he's really? locally university here. So uh, a lot of people wow. actually from Nova Scotia cheer for Saskatchewan. Wow, see, there's some insight that we would not have known. I was going to say, oh, so it's like the NFL goes to London, uh, the CFL goes to Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> the Looking CFL, forward to it, man, honestly. The CFL goes to Halifax, yeah, sure, it's going to be cool. I look forward to watching this on TV. I didn't realize uh, it, was in, it was in Halifax uh, th- this weekend. I'm like, I noticed the start time. I'm like, why is it this a weird start time for, like, uh, so now, now it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Um that's some good insight, though. That's you know, Saskatchewan. So you're going to say that it's going to be a pro rider crowd here, and they are the better team to begin with as well. So um, you like the riders here, then? I do. I, I think Toronto's in shambles. You know, I think this is a team that I liked going into the season. And, you know, we always say with handicapping, you want to be able to, like, stick to your guns and, and not just immediately bail on your own opinion. You know, this is a Toronto team that if you're placing a bet on them, you better be able to hold your breath for a very long time because that's what you're going to be doing when you're betting on them. I trust Saskatchewan better. I I trust them more to make good plays. I trust Brett Lother to kick good field goals and cash in for them, and I trust their defense. The Argos are too, you know, are arguing on the sideline. Pinball Clemens had to come down to the sideline at a home game to calm down his team. Brandon Brandon Banks and, and his linemen are yelling at each other. You know, I think this is a short number, Gabe, and I'm going to take it here with Saskatchewan. How much do you think the travel uh, goes into account with this number and stuff like that? Because I don't, I just don't think it's as big of a deal as maybe it's making out to be. No, I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it, it means anything. I think it's worse for the Argos if anybody. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I think, like you said, at least at least Saskatchewan don't hate each other and they're winning football games. All right, we'll get McKinnis out on the other side. We got Ottawa and Hamilton. All right, uh, the Lakers are leading 76-70 right now with two minutes left. We've got the Lakers plus five. They're up a six spot with two minutes left in the summer league. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Lakers rolling under a minute left right now. 81-72, Lake Show. 59 seconds remaining. For the record, the Phoenix Suns have beaten the Dallas Mavericks 105-78 to this evening. 105-78, to blowout city uh, there. And uh, the Lakers are up 81-72, under a minute left. I don't know why they just called timeout. I think the Clippers just called timeout. I'm not really sure why. Just get this game over with. Uh, but um, Lakers were getting five points in this game. All right, we got McCann's for, for another minute uh, or two here. What do you think about the last game? Two uh, winless teams, Ottawa Red Blacks and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Train wreck here. Tiger Cats laying six and a half points. Uh, Saskatchewan, should be noted too, Saskatchewan lost the defensive lineman who uh, murdered the quarterback on Ottawa has been suspended. What do you get, like six games or something, or four games? Uh, four games. Four games. Yeah, four games. Um, so, um, Ottawa's got quarterback issues here. Arbuckle is in for Ottawa. Getting six and a half against Hamilton. What do you make of this game? 44 and a half is the total. Well, I mean, look, you know, Nick Arbuckle is a guy that uh, when he was with Calgary to back up for Bo Levi Mitchell, I thought he was going to be great. And then you put him on a couple teams that aren't very good, and I realized, well, maybe he's not exactly the guy I thought he was. So, you know, there's there's already been issues there, and I feel like there's going to remain to be issues. But again, does this Hamilton team deserve to be laying points like they are right now? That's really the question. And I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what, Gabe? This is the week they deserve to have that, to be at home, laying points. They're going to get the job done in front of their home crowd. I think this is the game that they go off and hold a lead. But you know what? Take the first half, because if you don't want to trust them for a full game, I would say take this team in the first half. They've blown leads in the second half. Get that good number. Expect a great result in the first half. This team will come out. Ottawa has a lot of new pieces coming in. Hamilton in the first half. I like that pick. Good uh, good take, uh, good angle uh, right there. Andrew McKinnis. McKinnis picks on, uh, on Twitter. Follow him over at wagertalk.com. Great stuff, McKinnis. Thanks for the insight. Cheers, Gabe. Thanks. Late night anger management class. Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs will step up and then we'll talk baseball. Steve Merrill will talk football, baseball, and more. Bring it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.